Bill, do you want our podcast to be banned on Spotify? Also, you think you're clever, but you think you're the first person. You think you're the only podcast that's playing this song? Huh? Every night in my dreams, I see you. See Reverb 7 Every time I come to you and say Play me some Celine Dion This is what I be saying Embarrassed, Philip. By what, Dad? <laughs> Are you not embarrassed? <laughs> By what, Dad? I'm. I just. I'm just enjoying the song. I don't okay. I know why you're playing this, but just as a quick side note, it's been a standing joke between me. <laughs> Wrong Blink One Eighty Two song, Phil. Small things. Care, truth brings, I'll take one left. Hi, Dad. <laughs> what? What is it? I was saying. I was saying it's been a standing joke to myself and several DJs. Whenever I see them at a at a, an event, I request Celine Dion. It's such mm. a ridiculous thing because you know they're playing I'm a piano or hip hop. How can I just drop Celine Dion? But one day, Reverb Seven started his unplugged set mm-hmm. with that Celine Dion song that you just played. <laughs> And I just knew, I knew that I'm the one who influenced because I've been doing this for years. And what made it hilarious is that everyone went crazy the moment he dropped it. It was just a regular song, just like that. And then he started to set as normal. That's not a regular song. See, listen to me, yo. Anyway, um, look, we're going to talk about Titanic. We're going to get there. We're going to get there, Philip. But let's, mm. let's, let's start the podcast with the way that we know how. So... Uh, what are you? I don't understand what the link is. I, I don't get it. I'm just playing music, Dad. I don't know. I don't, it feels like you're trying to connect dots that aren't really. Is it? Yeah. Philip, if there's a hell, I'm just saying, you know? <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. Start the show. Let's get into yeah. it. <laughs> all, right, all right. Hey, we want to start off with a, um, before we actually get into the show. It's actually been fun, like going through throwback memes. And in fact, I, I missed it last week and uh, someone asked in the Patreon group, Alpha. Alpha. In fact, let me do this because. This light is giving me problems. Um, so, I, I've gone back only two years. I haven't gone back that far. So, um, and let me set the scene for you. Um, reality TV show star and perennial um, poop stirrer, uh, Jocelyn Hernandez. Did you see her last week, yo? Did you see that's God. that's why that's why I put it here. That's why I put it here. So she was starting her show called Jocelyn's Cabaret, Miami. Um, and obviously, I mean it's reality TV, it's trash TV, whatever the case is. So, you know, 
you know, you know how before the show starts, they try to have all these scandalous little clips to try and drum up support for the show so that it, you know, it grows. Well, Jocelyn's Cabaret, people weren't really that interested in it and all of that. But this was on the Zeus Network. They were shooting some behind-the-scenes promo for this new reality show that's coming out. If you don't know who these people are, congratulations to you. You probably have a life. If you do know who these people are, go outside, touch some grass. Um, well, this was one of the clips, or rather this clip was in a promo piece for Jocelyn's Cabaret Miami. Including aborted twins, you feel me to better yourself because I do want to leave you. But you just had an abortion? Twins? Twins. Mm. Yeah, double homicide. I'm sorry. So, if you'd ever come across that clip out of context, it was coming from this reality show. This person was trying to, you know, she was like, she was really talking about something that really hit her hard. She had, she had to perform an abortion. She had twins. And then someone just made the comment of, damn, double homicide. Now, here's what's hilarious. Just that comment. This is a very macabre intro. <laughs> it's going to be a macabre show, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> just that comment shot Jocelyn Hernandez's show, this, this Jocelyn, Jocelyn's Cabaret Miami, which wasn't, it was like kind of going to be normal. Uh, it shot it to right to the top of the charts. It was the biggest reality show when it launched because of that one meme, that one video. It, it you know, it completely blew up. Now, here's what's funny. The person who said, damn, double homicide, that person is someone who's known as Big Lex. Okay. Big Lex was in the news this week. On sight. Because Jocelyn, On sight. Jocelyn, Jocelyn Hernandez was at Floyd, May, Floyd Mayweather's fight. Uh, that wasn't a Behind fight Behind the scenes. That was not a fight then. That was, that, was a, that was not a fight. That was, that was many things. <laughs> that was many things in niggardry. <laughs> but it was not a fight. Speaking of many things in niggardry, behind the scenes, Jocelyn Hernandez tracked down Big Lex, the very same girl who two years ago, back in 2021, the launch of this show, said damn double homicide. She tracked down this girl, Big Lex, backstage because Big Lex had been saying, oh, ha, let her pull up on me because I got something for her. I got something for her. So Jocelyn pulled up and was like, oh, you got something for me? And she had like a full-on fight and it was fully filmed and she was kind of trending. last. That's what Phil was referring to when he was talking about her trending last week. The fight was hilarious because not only did she beat up Big Lex, she beat up everyone. But then she started going for everyone in the Dan, vicinity. It, it was like it was like a <laughs> it was like a video game when, when you've maxed out your rage points <laughs> and you're just in full rage. <laughs> it was it was there, there's a there's a silly meme video of this guy who is like his daughter gets bullied and he just starts smacking everyone. So it's just literally just she was just going around like you get it, you get hands, you and the person. The funniest thing is when she turned and looked at the camera. <laughs> And you saw the cameraman's ah, like, God, oh. Fear of God in his eyes. It was like, oh, God. It was at this point, and you had an F up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, damn double homicide comes from Big Lex, who got thoroughly beaten up this week by Justin Hernandez. It was on Justin's show, Justin's Cabaret, two years ago. And now you know, and knowing is half the battle. I'm so sorry that I just filled your mind with this information. I, I apologize, but I thought it was funny. And uh, that's your, uh, that's your, uh, Classic, I guess, meme uh, this week. Nice. All right, Philip, let's officially start the show. There's a lot to talk about. Indeed. Uh, we're running out of oxygen, so we need to do things quickly. So I have to ask, Phil, are you good to go? Sound of it, sing them. Let me hear a G. 
Submerge, we stay afloat. Kick me on the boat. Your boys, Danny that guy and Phil Chad with another episode of your favorite podcast. Let me uh, allow me to introduce myself. As I mentioned, my name is Danny that guy, aka Danos the Mad Titan, aka Denfo Dwegumaraini, aka I'm Denimbi, my life your entertainment, aka I'm done with these streets. Sign me up, nomination court. Maybe I can be president too. AKA Akuna Moon Wendy Dan That's right, that's right. And I'm only the unmistakable, the Brazilian incarceratable full chart, aka Philly Flaws, the Big Boss, aka Vita B, aka Sexy Tolovo, aka Filthy Phil, aka DJ Mukara, and Kika Chika Chika Boom Boom. Shamari, you think it will drink Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of your favorite podcast. I know you are tuned in ready. To hear proper takes. Because you've been hearing wild takes all week. You've been hearing crazy takes. And now's the time for you to hear what the actual actual is. So we got you. We got you. But as usual, before we get into the mess, we want to start off with some positivity. So let's uh, take a look at some Zimbabweans doing it big. Uh, we got two this week, courtesy of uh, Greedy South. Shout out to Greedy South. for Always keeping an eye on Zimbabweans around the world doing big things. First of all, uh, you will recall a couple of months ago, a few months ago, actually, not a couple of months ago, we spoke about uh, Zimbabwean swimming phenom Donata Katai. Well, Donata Katai was uh, representing Zimbabwe at the Olympics. She was doing her thing. Uh, but this week, she's again in the news because uh, she was accepted into Princeton University, renowned for its excellence in academics and athletics. Um, so, yeah, so uh, Zimbabwe's very own Donata Katai. Uh, we'll be going through to Princeton. Uh, she'll be joining another swimming legend from Ukraine who's also going. Ash, we took someone from Ukraine and Zimbabwe. Ash, Princeton, we see you, man. Well, uh, Donata Katai, despite being an incredibly amazing athlete in the swimming pool, is also incredible academically. She aced her A-level uh, exams with three A's in maths, physics, and chemistry. Uh, and she'll be going from Gateway High School straight to Princeton University. So congratulations, congratulations, Donata Katai. Secondly, just to mention very quickly, we want to shout out Lovejoy Chawatama, uh, the 30-year-old prop uh, from Zimbabwe who's based in the UK, uh, who was just signed with Harlequins after his former team, London Irish, was placed on administration. So, you know, he was able to escape the mess and move on over to the Harlequins. So congratulations, Lovejoy. We see you. Right. Um, Philip, before we get into our talking points this week, let's wrap up some things that we started talking about last week. Last week, our episode was called The Details of an Ox episode. Mm. It was a tough episode to record. Not, not, not for any <laughs> tough reasons, just the incident was horrible. Like, you guys the have no idea how long it took us to, to record that episode. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Um, but yeah, look, we managed, we persevered. That's what we do. You know, pushing P, positivity, perservance. Um, mm. Speaking of, we did speak speaking about. of pushing P, we need to come back to that, actually. We'll come back to the music segment. Let me, let me write it down. Oh, Ghana. <laughs> Philip, I don't want to get involved in American music politics. No, anyway, <clears throat> look, last week 
we mentioned in uh, somewhat, I would say a little bit of a, um, a tangent from what we would normally speak about on this podcast. But we spoke about my TT, my TT, mm-hmm. the Facebook comedian. I don't know what her official title is. Socialite, I don't know, but she was sent to jail. We're really plugged We really are plugged in. Like, we no, okay. What is my TT? What is Madam Boss? All right, a, a person, place, or thing. <laughs> also, it's the yellow, yellow category. Mm. Very nice. <laughs> um, my TT was uh, was arrested and is facing nine months in prison after fraud and some other stuff. Um, was she not in jail less than a week? A few days, actually. And she was again in the news because apparently jail hosted a big party. Mm-hmm. As jail sent to my TT. Yeah, yeah. With my TT at the forefront, celebrating, jumping around, having fun. Na, 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 na. Well, that itself would have been, haha, lol, fun. Except in the footage, people seemed to notice what looked to be a uh, somewhat attractive young lady who was in this video behind ah, my TT. Ad- attractive. I guess it's in the eye of the beholder, to be honest. Look, Phil, okay, let's let's put it this way. She's in jail and has been in jail for a couple of years. So there's soap in jail if there. she was yeah, right. Like as bad as Zim Jails I, I, are. I know. I'm just saying if you were in jail for two years and you came out, maybe you wouldn't be, you know. It there's, would take you a little bit of time to get back to the levels that you are now. You know what I'm saying? Not really. Like spending all that time away from the sun. You know, give me time to think, you know, meditate, you know, just fasting, you know, clearing out of the toxins of my body. I mean, oh, come on, looking fresh. Come on, looking right. So, yeah, okay, let me just tell the full story and then I'll, I'll give a couple of thoughts to it. The full story is there was this woman who was in this picture. Some people thought she was attractive and they were like, wait, who's that? So people started doing their thing, you know, how the internet does. And then they eventually discovered that this was uh, an actual, actually a Brazilian. Her name's Caroline, who had been arrested a couple of years ago. Um, she was 21 when she was arrested in 2021, by the way. She's 23 now. Um, she was arrested for drug trafficking because apparently she was caught at the airport with a bunch of heroin or cocaine. I don't know, whatever drugs it was. And uh, However, the story is that she was uh, acquitted, but because she didn't have any papers to be here and doesn't have any money to get out, she's kind of stuck. The story kind of doesn't make sense to me. Makes no sense know. at all, I'm Dan. There's a, there's, a, there's a Brazilian consulate. That makes no sense. That story makes zero sense. Of course sense. it makes. That's, that's, that's the story that's going around. Whatever. That's completely irrelevant. The reason I bring this story up is because here's the thing. See, the internet is good for, I think, three things. Number one, let's not talk about because I'm married and I'm a man of God. Number two, finding out information. And number three, jokes. I, I am right... If there is a situation, no matter how silly or whatever the case is, and we can make jokes about it, I am there for it. Just like as we're going to talk about soon, this whole um, submarine situation, obviously a very tragic and sad situation. But the opportunity for jokes arises. I am there watching. I ain't retweeting. I'm not necessarily saying anything myself because I am a little bit worried about people and all of that. But jokes is what the internet excels in. So I am completely fine with the idea of a somewhat attractive or maybe let me put it this way, more attractive than usual inmate that was spotted in a video and people start making jokes about it. Love it. Absolutely love it. My problem is, like Phil is saying, realistically, I mean, she's fine. She's, I mean, she's not ugly. She's fine. But some, some of y'all are doing too much, man. It's no longer jokes anymore. It's not funny anymore when you guys 
genuinely feel that, nah, nah, she fine. Man, that girl, like, really? You guys all right? Anyway, um, I, I just wanted to say, like, if it's jokes, let's make it, let's do, let's do that. Let's do it. Jokes are great. Let's do it. Even more of them. More, please. Let's laugh until it's so long of funny. We'll move on to the next thing. It's just whenever people are joking, there's always, there's always people there who just, it's just, guys, she's not really, it's not like she's stop, stop the press. We have to get out of jail. I mean, she is somewhat attractive. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying she's, she's ugly. Not at all. I'm just saying some of y'all are taking this seriously. It was all jokes, guys. Jeez Louise. Anyway, Caroline, if she's really in jail for no reason and she was acquitted and she's just chilling in jail now. Nah, no, something uh, doesn't then, add up. Then, do you know how thirsty Zimbabwean men are? <laughs> do you know how thirsty Zimbabwean are? If that legit was the case, she would be, she would be free right now. Right now. So, and another follow-up from something, Kudara, and I just want to briefly mention it. Um, apparently, um, Levels is... Uh, he's, he's still yet to face a court date for the whole Shashal situation. I thought those charges were dropped. Weren't they seen together recently? Apparently, What's happening? Apparently. That's what I'm saying. They, not only were they seen together, they put a song out together and a video out together, but apparently he's on bail. So, uh, oh, Zim is a wild this, place. Bro. Th- this week, this week, his trial date was set, and it's in September. It's actually September 11. <laughs> Make of that what you will. <laughs> so I'm just like, wait. I thought. Anyway, I don't know. That's just. Ish. I don't know. Ish, Phil. You know, we could have been having hard lives over here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hard lives. Are... <laughs> we could have been knee deep in these guns. You know what I'm saying? Don't say we. Don't say we. Don't say we. I wasn't. I, I, there were meetings that were taken. I wasn't in those meetings. I wasn't in those meetings. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, you had other meetings, fam. There were no meetings there. I was even. I was in the studio. Cool. Who? What? Where? What? Huh? What? What? Huh? What's going on here? First of all, you're welcome because that was one of the more successful songs. Second of all, look, hey. You know, life moves in mysterious ways. <laughs> the point of all of this is basically I'm saying my inmate Manyama. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> all right, Philip, let's... Uh, uh, no, Dan, we've got no choice. We've got to start. Let's start. Ah, no, it's better. It's I was going to say, do you want to talk about music business or you want to talk about water business? There you are. There's only... Hold on. Let me, let me bring it up now. Let's, let's get the... Let's all get right. Going. In the <laughs> Where I was born Lived a man Who sailed to sea And he told us of his life In the land of submarines So we sailed on to the sun Till we found the sea of green And we lived beneath the waves In our yet Shout out to the Beatles. 
the thing is like, damn, that was a hit. Like that was a number one hit. Like that was a smash back in the day, though. Like a smash. <laughs> Times were different back then. A smash. Like so much of a smash. I used to have to listen to that every Saturday. <laughs> so I thought uh, just for our discussion here as background music, I'm gonna play the song "Sinking." Um, no, allegedly, we're, we're going to hell. We are going straight. To hell. <laughs> allegedly, this was the the final song that was played as the Titanic sank. If you've watched the movie, movie you'll know about the, the movie. The what? Apparently, that's a true the what story. Now? The what? The movie. <laughs> Do you know? I never watched that movie. I I only watched it very recently. It was one of those that you know that when something skips you, and then now it's like. I feel like I knew everything about it because it was talked about so much, but I never actually watched it. I only watched it relatively recently, some months ago. Hmm. Anyway, um, here's the story. You guys probably know the story by now, but uh, long story short, a couple of days ago, uh, actually June the 18th, um, there was an expedition um, out to go and see the Titanic in a submersible watercraft known as the, Tita- uh, the Titan uh, by a company called Ocean Gate. So basically what we're looking at is something called Ocean Gate Gate. Um, five people went into this tiny submersible, the Titan, uh, which was supposed to go down 3.9 kilometers or whatever the case is to actually reach the Titanic, where they were going to look through a very tiny window. Obviously, they're not going to see anything because it's very dark. So they were going to look at screens uh, in, inside this very tiny uh, pipe and they were going to take a look at the Titanic. However, as it was on its way down into the water, uh, about one point something kilometers in, uh, an hour and 45 minutes after it left its uh, surface ship. Uh, That's the difference between a submersible and a submarine, you know what I'm saying? Because the submersible needs to have contact with the surface ship. Mm -hmm. Uh, It lost contact with the surface ship. Mm -hmm. So people didn't panic immediately. They were just like, okay, we're supposed to have contact, but maybe something's going on. Mm. As time went on, panic began to... to set in. Mm. Uh, apparently, they had 96 hours of breathable air within this particular uh, submersible. And uh, those 96 hours have now elapsed. Mm. Let me tell you who's on board. Yeah, tell me. No, okay. I think, g- give the background. Can you continue the background? Yeah, the overall story. Okay. Mm. So, on board this particular submersible called the Titan, the CEO of Ocean Gate, who apparently goes mm. on every expedition, mm-hmm. um, his name is Stockton Rush. Mm-hmm. Fitting uh, name. There's a, a British business, businessman and explorer, Hamish Harding. Mm-hmm. Then there's a father and son combination, Shazeda Daywood and uh, his son Suleiman, mm-hmm. who are from one of Pakistan's wealthiest families. Mm-hmm. And Paul-Henri Narjolet, a French maritime expert, mm. who's uh, apparently gone 35 times to go view the Titanic wreck. Mm. Those are the five people. I think basically two of them are billionaires. One is the son of a billionaire, so I guess he counts as well. The other is the CEO of the company, and the other is an explorer who's supposed to, um, you know, who knows what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And knowing That's all that he knew, so yes, he, he still went into a tube, a tube of toothpaste. <laughs> um, the tickets to go onto this, or I don't know if they're called tickets or whatever, cost $250,000 each. Light work, light work. Psh. Um, this company has been taking people on tours of the Titanic since 2021. Um, but when they started trying to build these uh, crafts back in the day, there were a couple of people that had questions. But anyway, who had the questions? Who were the people that had the questions? 
one of the people was one of the writers of The Simpsons, by the way. No. He was one of the some, some of the some, one of the early people. Some of the key people with the questions were the employees of Ocean Gate who raised concerns about safety. And then what happened to them, Dan? Like, were they promoted? They were, were their they concerns were taken on board? What? Not Ocean Gate. Not this bastion you know, of safety. To 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 launch a company, you need to have a certain affinity to risk, right? Because mm. I mean, that's kind of what you have. So apparently, this Stockton Rush person had a reputation of being very riskophilic. Is that a word? Mm. Now it is. Mm-hmm. So my man's basically like, it'll be fine. Took shortcuts. It'll be fine. One of these, uh, one of the people that was in one of his high level employees back in the day that he fired said, yo, you can't be using carbon fiber to make this. This is going to have so much pressure on it. You need to use metal, like different metals. Mm-hmm. So then he got fired. That'll be fine. <laughs> Um, the same person also said we need to have multiple uh, non-destructive tests. No, it's fine. It'll be fine. He took risks, right? And obviously they went several times, so maybe he thought it was all good. But I was saying one of the writers of The Simpsons was one of the people who took a ride down to the Titanic a couple of years ago. He was one of the early people. And when he came up, he was like, yo, I am never doing that again. Mm -hmm. And funny enough, that was was a scene on The Simpsons as well. So. Oxygen low, people dying. It was a whole thing. So, look, there's so many thoughts here. All right. Obviously, there's the jokes. And uh, before we get into the jokes, I just want to say something. I do recognize that this is a tragedy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. People have lost. At this point, I will pay someone money if they're still alive. Obviously not. There is a very small likelihood that, um, the, the submarine might not have imploded and might have floated oh, to the surface damn. where there was a I malfunction. Know, I, don't, I don't know if you've but been reading the breaking news. Let me, this is breaking news, damn. Breaking news. Oh, record. that they found debris. I literally saw that breaking news as we started recording. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get to read it. Unzi. Dan, there's no... Dan, okay. Unless someone got... Unless someone in there was a serial sociopath and started killing everyone else in that submarine <laughs> just to preserve the oxygen, my one. <laughs> but then also... That, I mean, there that, are billionaires in there. They might end up making that kind of decision. But, but then that breathable air is going to become methane. So you're still going to die either way. Like, it's tough. Tough times are lasting. <sighs> so look, so what happened? Okay, remember there was 96 hours of breathable air inside the submersible. By the way, you cannot open it from the inside. It mm. has to be opened from outside. So It's a tube of toothpaste. <laughs> um, first of all, when there was, I think there was something like 20 hours left. Um, the Coast Guard, obviously the US Coast Guard is roaming all around the place where the thing went down, trying to find them, but it's very difficult to go that deep because you need very special kind of, uh, of uh, um, you know, uh, vehicles to be able to go that deep. So in the meantime, they're just trying their best to find where it could possibly be. And apparently they heard sounds using all their sensors and stuff that they had of banging, some kind of banging, which could have been people inside the submersible like banging, like, can anyone out there hear us? Which is kind of wild because imagine you're like, four kilometers underwater and you're just banging on your, on the inside of your tooth, your, your toothpaste tube. Anyway, um, so there was some hope that maybe that banging could be them. More likely it was dolphins banging pots and pans saying, come down here, we want, just want to talk. And or then, you mean orcas rather. Yeah, orcas. And then, um, yeah, this breaking news that uh, Phil's talking about, which uh, I think came out just, just before we started recording, 
um, that there was debris that had been found by the U.S. Coast Guard near the Titanic wreckage, which could or could not be from this particular submersible. So a little bit of science. I'm not an expert on this, but just from what I've read, the pressure is so much down there that if you don't have the right materials and the right engineering going on, anything will implode on itself because the pressure is just so much. So Mm -hmm. chances are this particular thing instantly, within milliseconds, imploded on itself. If there was some kind of malfunction, everyone inside would have died immediately and the, Mm -hmm. the, the submersible would have been the size of a Coke can. Yep. So if anyone remembers uh, the reason, so another thing that I was mentioning is it takes eight hours to descend from the ship to the Titanic because the Titanic is just about, just just under four kilometers from surface level. And if you guys did O-level physics, you remember a formula called Rho GH, which is a pressure. So that equates to about 4,000 pounds per square inch of pressure. Which also means when you get back to the surface, you've got to depressurize or else you're going to start bleeding out of your ears and nose until you die. Um, so even if, for example, they found the ship, there was, there was no getting out because they still needed four hours just to get back to the surface safely without them exploding. Yeah. And then here's the other thing. So the thing lost contact with the surface ship. So the assumption it must have lost power. No, if but that's not the first time, though. That's not the first time, though. That's not the first time. So here's another fun no, fact. No, it's happened before. Oh, mm. oh, damn. Let me break it down to you guys. So, <laughs> I think, yeah, let me just get all my thoughts out now. Let me start cracking the jokes. The reason why we're joking about this, we take no pleasure. None of us take any pleasure in the loss of life. No. And I want to make that clear from the jump. Um, obviously, um, thoughts go out to the families that lost their loved ones. But if you knock on death's door enough times, one day it might answer. So on a CBS report that was filed last year, and the video was doing the rounds. Actually, I watched it again yesterday. They run through a lot of the thing. A lot of the, the rigmarole of, of going on this ship. Like, you've got to jump on an oil tanker from Canada just to get to the site. Then you've got to prepare, blah, blah, blah. It's a very interesting watch. You should really have a, give it a watch. But one of the, the key things there, and, and there are many, is the reporter who's reporting on it immediately signs a waiver. And as part of the clip in the waiver, it clearly states, this device has not been certified or verified by any maritime body experts or engineers I'm then if you gave me a car and you told me yo Phil I got this car that I just made it hasn't been certified it's got no seat belts you can barely see out the windscreen but it's a gift you, if you gave that to me for free I would be like nah but for me to pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars to hop into a tube of toothpaste that is controlled by a literal, and this is an exaggeration, Logitech video game controller made for a PlayStation so I can go down four kilometers in the deep, dark, blue sea. So dark, I can barely see out the window unless the lights are on and the lights might not work because of the pressure. So I've got to look at it through a screen 
that is being fed by a ultraviolet camera just to see a rail covered in CMOS and algae. WTF! How bored are these people? And then you need to watch this because there's a woman on there. You mentioned this explorer that did 35 times. There's another woman who had attempted to do this dive four times and had been cancelled four times. And she's like, yo, I've been saving up for this for years. This is, this is my life's mission. And she's crying. Oh my God, I need to go. And then she finally makes it. And you watch that and you're like, yo, this woman really has no life. Like she has no friends, no family, no one to look forward to, no hobbies, none. And once again, I'm not trying to disparage anyone, but wow. So there's that. If I like I'm 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 not very I'm I'm not very risk averse, Dan. Like I I love excitement in my life. You know what I mean? I'll bungee jump, I'll swing from a gorge, I'll do all that. But you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna look through that disclaimer. I'm gonna ask the guys some questions. Yo, when is the last time you guys checked this equipment? You know what I mean? What's the safety rating? Usually, how many guys my size and weight have, have hopped on this? You know what I mean? And if he just gives me one name of one incident, I'm like, nah, I'm cool. If I go to Disneyland. And I get on the teacups. And I hear a weird noise on the teacups at Disneyland. I'm getting off. But how am I supposed to feel sorry? For people that knew all this. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping the gun again. So going back to this device, as Dan mentioned, this was, for lack of a better term, a backyard project. And I'm not exaggerating. It's a backyard project. It's this a guy one, who said, hey, I love the Titanic. I bet I can charge people to go to it. My man's. Built this kuden. And did you go? The parts from in this submarine, and this is not an exaggeration, it's in the report, were literally purchased from the American version of Electro Sales. Not bespoke space engineering, not from Boeing, or people known for making high grade. He went to a hardware store and got some PVC pipes and some glue. I was like, yeah, that should work. That'll do it. Let me get this Logitech video game controller. Bam. Then he got a, a button from an elevator. And that's what makes you go up and down. And it was like, you know, it shouldn't be complicated. It should be easy. And, and, and the moment I was like, no, 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 my man. Uh, it, should, it should be very. <laughs> that's hilarious. It, it should be very complicated. You need to have at least a maritime admiral with experience, with, more, with numerous submersibles, who's spent more time underwater than he has above ground handling that device. Nah. And you need like, like 12 fail-safes. You know what I'm saying? Like if this fails, we got this. And the worst part is, Dan, like, I'm sure you've taken a road trip before. Have you ever taken a road trip in the back of a pickup? I have. Like after, after two hours, after two hours in the back of the bag, even if, if you put like that cushion or the mattress at the back and you, you make it comfortable for yourself, because I used to love it. But like after a couple of hours, it gets a little uncomfortable, right? You know what I mean? And that was when yeah, I was it's a, a struggle. It's a struggle. Hmm. Who is paying $250,000 to be put in a more cramped environment with strangers? And there's no blowhole. So what if, what if the homie who's next to you had beans this, that morning? Beans and eggs. Where, where are they using the toilet? Was there, that ever covered? There's a toilet the in there. It's a small toilet and there's a little bit of a curtain for privacy. So I can only my yoga. We are hearing it. We are smelling it. We're just kind of unseeing it. Like we can see your legs and your arms <laughs> on the other side of the curtain. <laughs> I, need to send, I need to send you the video. The video, the video, Dan, it's, it's, you would think it, it, it's actually a skit. 
Like it's ridiculous. And I was like, there's no way this is real. I'm there's no way rich people are this dumb. But damn it, rich people. Do you are think this it's dumb? dumb? Like, okay. Do you think it's dumb? Or do you think it's like, okay, Phil, we spend our we spend the majority of our life just trying to survive or trying to get to the next stage. Do you think once you're a billionaire, when that is now completely off your mind? Don't you think like your mind changed? Because it makes no, no sense. Th- that, but okay, so let me not say that. Let me just say, did not treat life with the reverence maybe it deserved. Which is exactly why I'm making light of the situation. Because if you didn't value your life, why should I? You know what I mean? Hmm. Because I, 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 cannot, I, I cannot think, okay, there, there are a few things more reckless than this. But this is up there. This is this is this is up there. Like this is like smoking crack in the White House, reckless. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, by the way, at this point, it's now hundred percent that they're dead because if they haven't been found by now, it's, they can't open it from the inside. The oxygen is definitely finished. Um, but yeah, with the with the debris being found, then it's it's almost a given that this this um, the submarine imploded on itself. Uh, the good news is that means they died instantly. Dan, do you know like so there wasn't no, but yeah. they still they still suffered through whatever it happened. But scientists say they no, no more, they they, sci- they 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 wouldn't have suffered until the malfunction. Yeah, apart from the general suffering that you would experience from just being scientists in say the they know more about space than they do about the sea. Yeah, <laughs> why are you going down there, fam? Every week they're uncovering. A new, a new type of shark, a new type of fish, some, some <laughs> thing that just looks hideous and scary and primeval, like it belongs in Jurassic Park. Why are you? Why are you going down there? Have you have you not watched the Jason Stratham movie about the megalodon? What are you looking for? So the funny thing was watching people like people asking questions like if you get rescued from the from the submarine, how are you gonna come out of that thing? And then people were putting their it was I mean, and look, I had a great time. I had a great time. But okay, Phil, get I've got I've got something for you. Okay. Is right. it I've got something for you. If it's a submissible, I don't want it. It's what? Steve Harvey. I was I was about to play the same clip. Did you go see that long, dry movie? I kept saying everybody know what's gonna happen. God damn it, bring on the water. Let's drown these motherfuckers. You know what it's about. What are we sitting in here three hours for? Worrying about this little punk ass boy in jail. Drown his punk ass. That's a damn shame that whole movie was a Titanic all that long. That movie had a been about black people, wouldn't even been no movie. You ain't never in your life heard of 3,000 black people dying at the same damn time. Well, I don't give a damn if it was on the ship. And I know half of us can't swim. But black people would have came up with some shit. Anyway, anywhere you'd have drowned black people and you saw the movie, the band was playing as the ship went down. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let that shit up. God damn it, come on. Wrap this shit up. Let's go.
fire up for somebody to fuck around and get shot. You can't drown them, man. You know how creative black people <laughs> Dog, all them black people on that boat, they'd have been turning over them goddamn dining room tables. They'd have been out there in the water. Let some air get in it. <laughs> this is so stupid. I love it. But let's be frank. I don't. I don't. I don't know what else to say that hasn't been said. But oh, in fact, this this is part of the reason why I'm also not. I'm also not giving this. Um, I don't know. I'm taking this lightly. So then, this is just from um, three weeks ago. At least 78 people died after a migrant boat carrying hundreds of people sank off the Greek coast in the early hours of Wednesday. That country's ghost guard said, as fears mount, that there could be more fatalities. A total of 104 immigrants were traveling um, to Greece and they died. This happens every week. Mm-hmm. Every week. African Middle Eastern immigrants die because they're just trying to get a better life. They die because they're just trying to find purpose. They die because they're just trying to feed themselves and their family. I have no room in my mind or heart or conscience to feel sorry for billionaires who kind of played a part in the impoverishment of people. Dying because they wanted to see a boat. I mean, okay, obviously if things go wrong, it's easy to take that view. But we do things all the time. I mean, they didn't go there expecting. Like we've sat here and we've said, with the benefit of hindsight, it's very easy to see like, yo, that was very dumb to get on that. But, Dan, but I gave an example of, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even being facetious. Like the reason we catch flights is because, and even till today, if I, I check the flight, like if I book a flight, if I see this, if, if it's a 737 MAX, I'm not jumping on that flight. But flight has been perfected. There's rigorous safety precautions. People take it seriously. They respect it. As scary as catching a flight may be, statistically, it is safer to fly than drive for a reason. I also take it seriously when I drive. You and I have come on this podcast many times discussing how unsafe it could be on the roads or the dangers of drinking and driving. So at the base level, if we can recognize drinking and driving or do some research into the flight we're catching, why can't people do simple mathematics? Like, it's true, Dan. Phil. I'm they, saying... It the, had no ballast. Dan, its ballasts were sandbags I, and I, construction I, pipes. It had no flotation devices. It had no external motors. I'm no engineer. Like, I'm like, what is this? I, I, I hear you, Phil. And with the benefit of hindsight, things are obvious. In the moment, for all we know, they could have been very rigorous about their safety checks. They weren't. But they were Dan, But then they weren't. What? No. Dan, if you Google that dude, we you would have seen he kept firing his employees we, because they were like, yo, this isn't safe. We, we don't know what wool was pulled over whose eyes. 
Or maybe Dad, it was a little they bit They give of you a disclaimer this yeah, thick. Yeah, it's yeah, in the yes. CBS report, bruh. Nah, the disclaimer will always be there, no matter how safe the thing is. We don't know. What my point is, we don't know just how safety conscious they were or not. It, so far, it looks like they were not very, honestly. But I don't think that that means they deserve to die because they were not safety conscious. Because Lord knows, a lot of us do silly things a lot of the times and we get away with it because most of the time you get away with it. This thing had been running for two years already with no major mishaps. I'm not trying to excuse it. I'm saying it does seem stupid, but I don't think it means they deserve to die, right? And the point that I'm making here is, I, th- I want to go back to the other discussion, which is, I genuinely think that once your brain gets over that, I need to make money to survive, which I think exists even in rich people, because you have to be almost a billionaire for you to reach a stage where you're like, you know what, I will never in my life and my family will never in their life ever worry about money. I think it breaks something in your brain, man, because this is just making no sense. No, I, I remember. I, I, why, why, did, why does... Hmm. Um, look, keep your question. I'll, I'll bring... Uh, I'll I was going to say, why, why, did, why did Jeff Bezos, with all the money that he has, to do anything that he wants to do, invest so much in a very risky trip for himself to go to space just so he can look outside a window and then come back to see the same view that he was going to see on any screen. Um, Broken brains, man. No, but th- that that's actually different. There's a, ah, geez, what, what's it called? Um, there's a thing, ah, that woman from Future, she was actually on Twitter talking about it last week. She's like, they all subscribe to this, this, um, this thought process of like long-termalism. I don't know if that's the exact cause. Exact name, rather, where they believe like the world is the earth is gonna depreciate anyway, so we have to start exploring space because that's the only way we're gonna uh, secure the survival of the human race. So, I think that's part of it. It's a very kooky theory, but or thing that they believe in, but that's part of it. It's but, it's still very broken brain in my mind, but but anyway, I, but, yeah. I, but I also believe, as you said, yeah, it's it's also about like a I've got the resources to do it, so I can, so what's stopping me, but and also. If no one is telling me no, then screw it. I'm going to do what I want. Plus, also you you develop that invincibility. Like yo, I've all I've all I have are wins. So why will I lose now? Right? Yeah. All, all my life has just been W after W. Plus, I can't lose. Um, you also want to stamp your name in history. So, and we've seen some of this. Like there are people who, for them, like a comfortable living, wealth is not enough. They they want to be. They want their names embedded like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, ETC. And that it's, kind means- of, it's kind of the same for almost everyone, to be honest, right? It's like, like the whole concept of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Once you achieve the next need, then, you know, the next one comes. Once you achieve yeah. that, the next because, one comes. And, up, yeah. and then, like, if, especially if you don't have any form of self-fulfillment, like, the more you achieve, the, the more you're like, okay, I need to do more. And then your achievements or your dreams become more and more ridiculous because you're not, you're not worried about rent. You're not worried about eating. You're not worried about like taking care of your kids. You're not worried about what car can I buy? You're not just worried like, okay, what can I do that no one else has done? What can I do that's novel? What can I do that ex- that's exciting? To write my name in the history books. Yeah, you're right. And <laughs> so that being said, Aye. one thing you will not see me doing is because uh, even right now, it's looking it's looking shaky for cruise ships. I don't think I don't even think I'm doing cruise ships no more. Nah, I'm, I don't think I'm gonna do that. Either. Hey, and my wife really wanted us to go on a cruise for our honeymoon. I was like, Perf- hey, perfect excuse. Ah, now you've got- see, baby, see, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, uh, like it could be fun, but hey, 
Hey, man. Yo. Jeez Louise. Anyway, um, let's move on, Philip. We can't spend our whole time on this. Look, one thing you won't find is uh, the melanated. I know we make jokes about this all the time, but I think in general, like, like come on, man. Common sense, man. Anyway, that's fine. We move on. We move on. Move on. Let's talk about um, uh, the music business. Mm. You know, Phil and myself, uh, are your ombudsman into the world of the music business. Um, and, and we had this discussion in the group the other day that uh, people who are not in the music industry, but who listen to this podcast are more well-informed than actual music managers and, and stuff like that. A lot of them. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we keep a close eye just for you. Mm-hmm. So there's two, two stories that we want to talk about. First of all, there's a, a huge groundbreaking lawsuit against Twitter uh, and Elon Musk um, that has been filed by 17 music publishers who have said that the changes that Elon Musk, Musk has made to Twitter has made copyright infringement worse. Mm-hmm. And that Twitter has, even though it's been doing it for years, but now it's even worse that they've benefited from copyright infringement, allowing music, allowing users to share unlicensed music. Now, Twitter is probably the only one remaining social media network where you can just post things and there's very rarely any takedown notices. Um, yeah, so people have been uh, posting stuff on Twitter with music on it and people have been listening to music and the owners of the music and the publishers of the music and the people who made the music have not been benefiting from it. Benefiting from it. So now Twitter is being sued for $250 million. Um, what would you say, Philip, is going to be the long-term effects of this particular lawsuit? Oh, this is the first one. This is just music. Hollywood is coming. Because ever since Elon made it, let you upload two hours of video, Dudes have been having a party. People are posting old movies. By the way, the new Spider-Man is available on Twitter. There's, a, there's an account that, that account, all it does is post movies. Are, are you telling me that no one at Twitter staff has realized, wait a minute, there's an account uploading a great amount of content. The Philip, bandwidth who is, in Twitter staff? Which Twitter staff? No, uh, Elon, <laughs> sue him and sue him bigly. I hope they. I hope because this is publishers. The record labels can still come for him. Hollywood is still going to come for him. Artists can still come for him. And by artists, I mean just general creators who have their their work violated. So take them on. Go. I don't know. I don't know if it's that straightforward, right? Because um, Twitter is not a publisher. Twitter is a platform. Doesn't matter. You still you're still subject to the Digital Millennium Copyright Act if you're not enforcing DMCA and takedown notices within a reasonable time period. You are liable not only to the American Copyright Authority, but to the EU. And the EU don't play. Twitter has no leg to stand on. They are screwed. I mean, my man's 44 billion in debt. 250 mil, just tack that on top of there. It's all good. <laughs> no, just throw bank, that on top. It's how, all right. how long do you think it's going to be before the banks take the Twitter back? It's a rounding error, Phil. It's just, just throw it on top there. Hmm. I think what's going to happen is... You can't pay rent. What do you mean rounding error? You can't pay rent right now. <laughs> um, Twitter's going to go into administration. So the Saudis are going to buy it and it's going to become um, Twitter Habibi. And that's racist. That's that's my racist. <laughs> How is that racist? That's my. Racist. I just added a common word. 
in the you know in Arabic lands. <laughs> then then they'll hire um, Ngolo Kante to to run Twitter. <laughs> wow, you're problematic. The Saudis are buying everything, Philip, mm, including golf. Okay. The second story that was a wild. That's wild. Eh? That was a wild. It was wild. We never spoke about it. When the, that. Do you know, not wild about it. It's the sanctimonious, the sanctimonious rhetoric that the PGA was spouting. Like, if you leave us and you go to the Saudis, you're supporting terrorism. It's a disgusting. Your moral values. And they were throwing. They were throwing everyone who left for live under the bus. You're a traitor. You, you don't care, right? Human rights abuses are nothing. <laughs> and then when Liv was just outspending them in every which way, and then Liv was like, yo, listen, my guy, you're not going to win this battle. Just, just give up. <laughs> and they it's, folded. It's they folded like paper. And Can you imagine like all those golfers who, who stuck their necks out to defend the PGA? How stupid do they look now? Tiger Woods, Gave up 800 million. Okay, look, now it's your fault. If you told me you gave up 800 million because of your own morals, then it doesn't matter now. I mean, you'll be disappointed with the PGA, but it is what it is. But if you did it because the PGA told you to, nah, then I'm sorry, I blame you. No, I, I, because I, what do we always say on this podcast? Capitalism is going to what? Capitalize. Capitalize. Because hey. you know the dumb thing is, the wild thing is like Tiger Woods realistically could have taken that 800 million been blackballed quote unquote by the PGA for a year and now after this merger they would have to eat humble pie and let him back in and he'd still be 800 million up so at this point I look I blame you Tiger unless you're telling me Tiger Woods stuck to his morals and ethics and was like you know what Dan have you watched the, the documentary <laughs> <laughs> have, 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 have you watched that documentary? So I feel I don't hello, feel sorry. Hello, 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 random prostitute. Um, hello, random woman in Vegas. My name is Tiger Woods. I uh, yes, Tiger Woods, the golfer. Yes, the half black, half Asian golfer. That's him. Yes, me. I would like to do unspeakable things to you, and I'm leaving this message on your voicemail once again. This is Tiger Woods. My social security number is. <laughs> please call me back on five 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 three five two five five. That's Tiger Woods. The second story, and it, uh, it, ah, it continues no, that, that, with our no, discussion. We, we actually did discuss. Did you watch the documentary? I didn't watch it, but uh, I read. I read, I read the stories. I read the stories at the time, but seeing it, like seeing it live and hearing the testimony, a man was what? Like no attempts to be discreet or subtle. Nothing. Just the horniest man. Like like Tiger Woods makes Zion Williamson look like Munanet Seeker. <laughs> I mean Okay, Phil. Imagine you are um I don't know, let's let's just say obviously people have different life stories, but let's say from 12 years old you build a one-track mind in one direction. I am going to become the best athlete possible in this particular field. So your entire life is practice games watching game videos, trying to get mentorship and motivation from people you idolize, and you get better and better until one day you are one of the best in the world at that sport. All of a sudden, the hottest women you've known 
in your entire life are throwing themselves at you. The women that you used to, you know, armed struggle to are hitting you up in the DMs. You've never learned social skills because you were too busy focusing on your craft. What's going to happen? No. No, definitely, Dan. But you know, the thing is, right? And to a certain degree, I'm speaking to some level of experience. I've I've, I've spoken about my travails on the podcast before. And I was I was in a similar, I, I can't even say similar because it's worlds apart. But I was out here doing a lot. I was doing a lot in these streets. But you you know what I didn't have and I couldn't afford? I didn't have a publicist. I didn't have people who were paid to look after my brand. If I did, I might have moved a little differently. So I don't you, think so. You're, you're very right. I think we obviously can't speak to what other people have gone through. We obviously can't speak to like, and... Absolute power corrupts absolute. Like, if you have, like, do you know, I, I can't imagine. Do you know, like, even me, just in my little thing, just one or two girls hollering every week. I'm like, oh my God. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Your ego big gets big. You, it's kind of hard to say no until you get a certain age. Then you, like, and it took me years of, no, of, of poor decisions to realize, yo, I need to start saying no. You know what I mean? So I, I can't imagine what it's like when it's not two or three women. It's 30, 40, 100. And that, that, that's the women that actually have access to you. Not, not including and the not women just, that are DMing, not, that are messaging, fan Not mail, just women. Are, not just women, Phil. Tens. Mm. Tens. You know what I mean? Mbamas, bambingos. Across the... Mba, your exact spec, if you were to sit down using AI and you were to give a, a detailed prompt, that woman who you design... Is in your DM. Not only that, she's willing to do what you the one the craziest search you could think of on that yellow and black app. She's like <laughs> down. Whatever you want. Huh? We can do twice. Huh? Should I call my friend? She's she's ready. She's there. She's outside. I don't, I don't it's like so. this is my this is the spec you like. Here's my twin. My twin that the both of us can pull up in 30 minutes. Just send location. So you're very I, right. Dan. Look, you are very right. <laughs> temptation, Phil. Ah, you're very I'm right. Not, I, I am not gonna judge. Yeah, I'm gonna if you're older, like once you get Arnold Schwarzenegger level and you're doing weird stuff. But I'm not gonna judge. Even if I look at those people and I feel good, but I mean you can do better. Like the Zion Williamson situation. I'm like, really? But your exact spec that you've had in your nastiest of fantasies can be at your doorstep in 20 minutes. All you have to do is just say, I. You, don't, you actually can send your, 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 your social media manager to say, all right, cool, send your bank details. Mm, 107,000 a month look, guaranteed. I'm not, 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 not going to judge. I'm not going to judge because I, I, <laughs> I would like to think that I am a paragon of virtue and I would never be tempted by such. But hey, ah, how do you know oh, until you're in that situation? Do you know what? I don't like one of Chris Rock's best jokes is he's like, the reason why it's so hard for fidelity is if women are chasing us, men cannot run that fast. <laughs> and you know, like, I understand. It's hard. But let me, okay, let me get into it. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell somewhat of a personal experience. A little bit. Mm. Um Taz, stop listening right now. <laughs> no, I mean, not anything that happened. Just the situation that came about. You see, um, as you'll recall, Phil, around about 2000, 
2008, let's say 2009. You and I were cracking jokes on Twitter. People seemed to find us funny. All of a sudden, well, there was a tension in our I was, I was discussing that with someone recently, and I was like, you do that. My guy. Now, all my life, I'm the one who was interested in women and chased them and thought to say, hi, how are you? I think you're beautiful. Never have I ever faced the situation where she's doing that to me, let alone um, being taught or figured out how to handle it. Mm-hmm. But here, you know, all of a sudden, two, three, just like Phil described, two, three people just like, hey, man, I think you're cool. I want to take you out this weekend. What? Is this a joke? No, seriously, I want to take you out. Now, just that was that's just a small taste. Just that just came from a few jokes here that people thought, ah, this guy's funny. Over a little bit of time, you know, you get a job, you know, now you're not like broke, broke. But you know, now you can you can afford to get a nicer clothes, you can afford to go places and do things and whatever. Now all of a sudden, you know, there's a couple of more people interested. And I don't take it for granted that, you know, in Zimbabwe, uh, light skin privilege is a thing. Mm. I get it. I, we were never taught how to handle that. Your women, your women, your women, even if you're not explicitly taught, your women go through life knowing that you have to expect male attention. Because men are just animals. They, you know, some of the worst of men will be, will be very aggressive in their approaches. Uh, some men just approach all the time. So you, you, you grow to expect it. How to handle it, I don't know if that's ever a thing that you guys have to figure out. But in general, men never have to think about that. You never have to think about how do you handle women's attention. What are you talking about? Women's attention? So I'm just thinking, like, imagine when it's not just one person DM'd me this month and said, yo, I think you're cute. Imagine if every day Nudes are in your inbox from tens. Your exact spec. I. It's just. I, then, I, but I also. I, I sympathize. Let's, let's not. Let's not think. The the nudes just didn't appear. There was some coaxing. You know what I mean? Nudes went no, I'm like not talking about, from heaven. Not not for me. They were not. Obviously, I'm talking about the people that that is happening to the Zion Williamsons of this world and the Tiger Woods of this world and you know whoever else. <laughs> I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's an excuse for you to act completely wild. I just sympathize. I sympathize. Anyway, Philip, um, the other story here, by the way, was about Spotify launching a new website, which was specifically dedicated to Afrobeats. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called uh, Afrobeats Journey of a Billion Streams. Please uh, uh, help me understand here. I think this is a promo tool. It's like, um, well, they're NGSP. Are they other? Are they other genres with the same kind of thing? Um, I'm pretty sure they are. It's it's literally just like um Spotify. Jeez, Louise, my brain is off. There's Canvas and then some. Oh, no, Canvas is a feature. Jeez, Louise, someone's going to cuss me out. But there are other genre specific and artist specific platforms or websites that Spotify has built. So as, but also as you can see, like all the stuff is coming soon. So it's, it's just discuss. It just tells a story. It's just editorial, which to be fair, can easily be done on a lot of things. 
um, a lot of platforms. It's just nice that they, they're doing it for Afrobeats, especially educating people about Afrobeats so that if they listen to the genre for the first time, they, they have a little bit of background info, um, also speaks to the rise of the popular and popularity of the genre. So that's dope. But um, just like, you know, I expect, I expect something from this because all these DSPs are, are doing different initiatives to, to promote like um, upcoming genres and new genres and, and stuff that's, that's taking over. So it's just, it's part of it. So, Nice, but you know, cool. cool. If they want us to speak about it more, they can pay us or stop taking down our episodes. Look, while we're talking about Spotify and them taking down our episodes, um, we clearly have been podcasting wrong. We had mm. this, uh, we had this discussion in the in the Patreon group. Um, if you recall, we spoke about this on the podcast. Spotify went big on podcasts. They invested hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars into podcasting. Uh, they acquired podcasts like the Joe Budden podcast, Joe Rogan, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the Obamas and Prince Harry and Meghan, Duchess of Sux- the, the Duchess of Success. The Duchess of Sussex. Success as well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, so, so yeah. So the, these guys obviously were also uh, on Spotify's roster. They were exclusive podcasts on Spotify. But it turns out, um, Spotify don't seem very happy with uh, those guys. They say they call them grifters, mm. and they and they uh, they uh, terminated that agreement with uh, Harry and Meghan, which is a bit confusing to me. I never listened to their podcast. I don't know if uh, my understanding was that it was somewhat popular. So I don't know. They 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 terminated that uh, deal. It was apparently worth around twenty million dollars. And they were just like, these guys are just grifters and they killed it. I wonder how much money they got up to the point of the end of the, the range. B- breaking news, throwing money at celebrities to do a medium that they are not famous for might not work. Hmm. People think podcasting yeah. is easy, Auntie Ten. That's the problem. People think it's just, ah, just put some microphones in front of them. It's easy. It's simple, simple. I, I appreciate the people who are like, you know what? I want to get into podcasting, but I realize that I don't know much about it. Let me buy some guy's dinner and then, po- you know, uh, um, just just pick their brains a little bit. Learn a little bit more about how to do this. Mm. You know, like a certain celebrity did with us, Philip. Oh, <laughs> you thought that was the play? That was, was that the play? <laughs> I mean, there I was thinking, hey, you know. <laughs> anyway, the point is, honestly, that's that is kind of the way to do it because <sighs> podcasting is like streaming. I don't know if you've been following what's going on with streaming. By the way, streaming is such an interesting world right now. I, I don't really follow streaming. Like, I don't watch people on Twitch. But just the, the the beef that's going on between Twitch and Kick is super exciting, or super interesting to watch. Rather, let me put it that way. Uh, just as a quick a quick brief, Kick is supposed to be a, a a rival to Twitch. Twitch is obviously probably the biggest streaming platform right now, apart from YouTube. But YouTube is famous for other things. But streaming streaming is mainly Twitch. Um, the biggest categories are not even gaming anymore. The biggest categories are just chatting. It's just people who go on and they just talk and you know, experience things, you know, the IM speeds and, you know, people of the world. Anyway, so Kick came up as this rival. They were like, hey, if there's something you're not allowed to do on Twitch, come do it on Kick, including things like gambling, because Twitch blocked gambling. Uh, If there were like anything racist, any kind of racial conversations, Twitch would ban it. So Kick was like, hey, we don't ban nothing here. 
So then Kick started getting a little bit of a reputation for being a bit, you know, right wing, crazy, all the racists and Nazis go to Kick, which is somewhat true, but it's basically because they just don't ban anything. You can just do whatever you want on there. But this week, they threw huge contracts, like $20 million contracts and stuff at some of the biggest streamers on Twitch. And they're non-exclusive. So they're like, we want you to stream on Kick several times, certain a number amount of times per certain period. No, 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 no. Non-exclusive. You can also stream on Twitch and YouTube and whatever. And it's actually somewhat brilliant because the way it's going to be phrased is, yeah, this has been cool over here on Twitch, but you know, for the rest of this, I'm not really allowed to do it here. So catch me on Kick. I'm, I'm just so curious to see how it's gonna how it's gonna play out. But anyway, that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about celebrities rarely ever do well on streaming because it's such a completely different medium. It's just like the same way the celebrities rarely ever do well in podcasting. It's weird. It's just, I guess you have to have a more intimate, like the more regular normal people do better on streaming or podcasting than the celebrities on, of course, there's notable exceptions. But in general, that's, that's what I've seemed to have noticed. So podcasting is not easy, guys. You think you see us over here doing this for six, how many years? Seven, eight years with break mm. in between. You mm. think it's easy. It's not easy, guys. No, no, it's no, not no. easy. It's not. Dan, did you go to the venue on Saturday? Were you outside this weekend? Um, I was outside this weekend. Wait, where, where was I this weekend? Um, wait, wait, where was I this weekend? I went, okay, when it comes to me, I'll tell you. I did go outside, but I didn't go to the venue. I did kind of want to. For the the <clears throat> Urban Groove show. I was thinking about it too. I was just so tired, man. Uh, but yeah. How was it, Dan? How, what did you hear from the streets? Well, let's hear from our favorite arts reporter at the Herald, Tafadzwa Zimoyo. Alongside Tina Msonza. Apparently, it was oversubscribed. People had to be turned away. Apparently, the show was amazing. Uh, I did hear a little bit of a recounting of the experience from Decibel, who was on radio this past week. And he talked about, hey, man, it was great. Because they asked him to be the headline act, essentially. Uh, he wasn't billed as a headline act, but he was a closing act. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, it was wild. The energy was crazy. It was a great time. That's what he was talking about. Um, yeah, apparently, scores of fans were turned away from the venue Avondale last Saturday uh, at the much-hyped Urban Grooves concert because it was too full. They had to turn away latecomers. Uh, e- even those who had purchased advanced tickets wait, wait, weren't that, allowed to come that, in at okay, some point. The, No, that's messed up. No, that's a problem. It is messed up, but if the place is full... No, but... Like, literally, it's... No, but then, if you... You're what, right. If you print tickets, you've surely done the mathematics in your head as to how many people okay. you can accommodate. You're right. But remember, whenever you print tickets, there's a large section of those tickets that go to giveaways, that go to Dang, comps. That hear look, me out, hear me out, hear me, hear me out. Let me finish, let me finish, let me finish. Let okay. me finish. Let's say, let's just say, we know the figures, but just for argument's sake, let's say the venue is like, you know what? We can accommodate 500 people at this event. They might print 600 tickets because they know they're going to give away 200 comps to sponsors, to stakeholders, to artists, family and friends, etc., etc. Not all of those 200 are going to come, but you kind of have to give those comps away. You can't, you can't take comps away from the 500 that you have because then if your capacity is 500, you're going to end up with 400, 350 people in there because those who received comps didn't turn up. So I can foresee a situation 
and I'm not defending it. I'm just saying I've been, I've seen it happen where, you know, our capacity is 500. We printed 500 tickets. Damn, we need some comps as well. Okay, let's take 50 away from the, from the tickets that already exist. Let's print another 50 more as an example that will give us comps. And we're expecting a 50% attendance judging from recent trends that are going to come through from the comps. Next thing you know, everyone who's got the comps comes through. Everyone who's purchased tickets comes through. It's now too full. It's now a hazard. And you have reputation to maintain about your venue. You would rather refund people. And I know it's bad. And I know it's terrible. But what can you do? It says here, also, by the way, if, you know, if people come and want to pay money at the door, it's hard to turn that away. Then eh? you just spend two minutes just for nonsense. It doesn't matter. Like, all that is irrelevant. No. It's, guys, no. <coughs> Phil, it's like planes. Do you think they, if, there's, if no. there's 80 seats on the plane or 200 seats on the plane, they sell 200 tickets? Ah, that is wild. Dad, you're wild right now. Well, did you put on your devil's advocate hat? Did you put on your devil's advocate hat today? Is that what's going on? What's happening guys, with you, bro? Guys, no. Huh? You like, see, are, you, are, you, are you part of, are you part of this? Is, no, is, no, no. is Case Connect paying you? Is that what's going on? No, no, I'm not involved with these guys. <laughs> I wasn't even given a, a comp ticket. How dare you? Um, here's my thing. I Phil, I'm saying... I know. In fact, what you're saying is the ideal. I I already no know no Dan. It's, it's not the, it's not the ideal Dan. This is this is not it's even what's about supposed like, to be no Dan. But I'm talking about no, the real Dan. real on the ground. Dan. Dan. There's no event no. in the world that has a capacity of sixty thousand and only prints sixty thousand tickets. I guarantee you, capacity of ten thousand or capacity Dan. of one thousand only does one thousand tickets. Dan, you are very much not right. a single I, I can event. Guarantee you, multiple venues that do that. Multiple venues that enforce that. Because the risk is too high. You will not get insurance. You will not get fire marshal approval. You will not get police clearance. This happens. It just doesn't happen here. And thankfully, no. people haven't died. Okay, go on. Because that's, what could, that's, that's what's going to happen. And it, in fact, it happened last year. What happened at the Grand Challenge? Granted, there was an inciting incident. But when you put large people in a small space, and they are cramped, you open up the risk to harm. So ideally, I don't even want, I don't even want to excuse it because it's not even about like, this is a, a theoretical, no, we shouldn't do that. We should do this as maybe better. But no, dude, it's like, yo, people, you, as an event organizer, you literally have people's lives in your hand and you're playing games like this. So like now, God bless, no one got hurt. Fine. Cool. Great. No, no, no. no. In this situation, people were turned. The problem here is that people were turned away who had bought advance. Exactly, and that's not what that I was going to get to. Not that it so, was. So now, so now, like, what you ideally would want is a situation where all your ticket buyers enter. People that didn't buy tickets on time are punished for not buying tickets on time. They leave. Correct. And then now you've trained. Not only have you made yourself an event that's oversubscribed, which means people are now like, "Yo, that thing was popping. I need to be at the next one." I, I messed up by not buying my ticket beforehand. I'm not waiting till the day. Like, this is a perfect opportunity to start training the consumer to pay for tickets more. I mean, take tickets in advance. And when you're running a business in Zim, especially an event business in Zim, your risks are so much higher than anywhere else in the world. And one of the ways to mitigate that risk is by prepayments because it helps with your cash flow. It helps with the security. 
it makes sure that you're going to have a successful event because now you don't have to cut corners. Because if you've allocated a budget and you want to sell 5,000 tickets and you sell 5,000 tickets, guess what? You have no excuse to cut corners anymore. Perfect. Phil, I'm 100% on board with you. The, that is the, I'm talking about what's happening on the ground. Now, what I will say is probably the best thing they could have done is to separate tickets. So if they are, for example, um, comps that were given out, there's always comps. It's just part of when you're looking for sponsors and whatever the case is. If there were comps given out and there were advanced tickets sold and there were, they should have been able to calculate number of, of advanced tickets sold. Let's just say again, we're working with a number of 500, let's say 1,000 people just for ease of calculation. We have a capacity of 1,000 people to attend this event. We have sold 700 advanced tickets. Then you know that you can't go and sell 400 tickets at the gate because the people haven't arrived yet, so there's still room. No ways. If someone bought a ticket, they are very likely to come. A few, maybe very few won't make it because they were sick or there was some emergency that came up or whatever it is. But in general, if someone bought an advanced ticket, they're going to be there. So you can't sell more than, less, well, let's say 250, depending on how many comps you've given out. So I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, that uh, they must do that. I'm just saying I understand what's happening on the ground, the real, real. And in this case, maybe they didn't expect that it would be this oversubscribed, but they should have seen when all the advanced tickets were being bought up like that. By the way, on the lineup for this Urban Grooves concert were Terai Mugwadi, Black Sedis Wenyika, Tinashim Godi, Extra Large, Rocky XQ, Madiz, Dinomdondo, Wulom Tight, Mafrik, Trevor Dongo, Pauline Gundiza, Tunga, and Discord, and more. That's wild. <laughs> That's wild, bruh. But apparently it was lit. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was watching some I was watching some Instagram stories and stuff of people that were there and I was like, damn, they look dope, man. <laughs> look dope. So yeah, so apparently it was a good time. Uh, I Look, if there's another one, the venue would have been an excellent place to go, by the way, because it's comfortable and it's like, you know, it's not like mm. city spots. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what, are they, what are they doing on Saturday? He said I was just badly also tired. A long day. Long day. Oh, and then uh, I'll tell you the story of here. But yeah, I had a massive delay mm-hmm. and um, my barber only got to the house at like 7 p.m. So. You've seen it. Yeah. Wow. Sure. Um, did you see uh, Floyd Mayweather's Instagram post? I, I, saw, I saw your tweet about it. It was sent to me by someone who was like, your friend is funny. But they weren't laughing. My tweet? What did I say? Oh, about... <laughs> What's the problem? I'm offering my services. Okay. Okay. That's a good idea then. Not, not, not a great idea. Is insulting probably one of the best pound-for-pound pound fighters that's ever lived. That's a great idea, Dan. That's a great idea. What, what insult? What did you say? I'm offering services. Okay. Cool. I said I am offering to do any reading that he may need to have done mm. while he's here. And then it, it, let's say someone in his team decides, you know what, let me... Who, who's this dang this guy? Let me let, let me look him up. And then they go to the last podcast episode. What did we do for 15 minutes on the last podcast episode, Dan? <laughs> the good thing is we're both in it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey. <laughs> Listen. Money team. 
Floyd Mayweather money team, listen to me. We respect your hustle and your grind. We just enjoy poking a little bit of fun at celebrities sometimes. Mm. I didn't think you'd read that tweet because, you know, well, it involves reading. But <laughs> Floyd Mayweather posted on his Instagram, on his, on his actual, actual Instagram, he said, Zimbabwe and Johannesburg, me and the money team will be there next month, July 13th to the 17th. I'm looking forward to being back in the motherland. Uh, my only follow-up question is, what, what will he be doing? Is, is he like a boxing showcase or? Dan, why are you asking stupid questions? <laughs> why are you asking stupid questions, Dan? Is he coming to wear a scarf? I don't understand. What? Well, Dan, why are you asking stupid questions? Why, why do you think he's going anyway. to Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> To boost, to boost, uh, to boost, <laughs> to boost, <laughs> to boost tourism to, to Zim. That's what and, I'm And thinking. promote boxing. You, you saw what Chuandira was doing. He's like, nah, I need to I need up on this. You know what I mean? I need to up on this. <laughs> well, anyway, if, if there's an event, will you go? If there's, oh, no, I want to see. No, I want to see Dan. I want to see Mayweather mm-hmm. versus Oxman. <laughs> 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 I would pay for that. I would pay. I'd be at HICC. Pedro. Ah, man. All right. Uh, anyway. Okay. Mosewa uh, Tunia Festival. Eh. Um, there's some new music, Philip. Um... Okay, you wanted to talk about Ghana. Tell me about this Ghana situation. Nothing. I don't want to talk about it. I play his music, man. The album dropped. Oh, fire. Well, you're going to play the, 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 the Huku <laughs> um, nah, sample. That wasn't my favorite song on the project. The Shoma Josie sample. Yeah. But it's also smart. Like, if you're realizing the block is hot for you in America, and you might need to expand to new markets. It makes sense to, you know, figure out a way to ingratiate, everything, but not, but do it in a, in a slick way. So it doesn't look like you're, you're just jacking the style. So like a sample is a good way to do it because it's like, it's not like you're collabing. It's almost like a cosign, but it's a quiet cosign. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So which song are you going to play? For the profits, find your hobby, cause it's better united. I'm letting the energy build up. Let's show little niggas you break tough. Put the audience nigga, we caved up. To hold every way you were raised up. They had shit, we would eat all the bread crust. Talking crazy like they smoking angel dust. I can have them all leaking our red stuff. Niggas sweetie, I sweet. Never could beat me. Not the boy with the orange Lamborghini. Yeah, the one match the head to the beanie. Whoa, whoa. But to eat it, I'm greedy In the cool with my name in the seating And you ain't seen it You ain't seen it I say fuck you, you know that I mean it 
He's back. Yeah, bro. This this album is just fire. This album is fire. This is, I just can't vibe to this. Why? Or whatever this. Because you're about the street life, you ain't, you ain't walking with snitches. Listen, man, I grew up in the age of real rap raw. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway. Right. Right. Here's the new Pro G. Pro G is the name. Pro shout, out, shout out to Pro G. Pro G's been sending his, us his music for a while now. Uh, but this was this is something else that I know this is dope. This is dope. Let's, let's let's give him some love for this one. Yeah, please drop it. Please drop it. It actually drops tomorrow, Dan. So this is an exclusive, 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 exclusive. Well, I mean, when this podcast comes up, it'll be out. Have you queued it up, Dan, or should I? No, no, you go for it. You should give me a little bit of warning, Dan. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this the microphone master. I got sleek rhymes and flows hotter than magma. Tell a shorty I will stick around a go ghost, a go Casper. Better yet to the homies I pass her. Triangle that old over straight to the box. Passed around like she a do because she messing around. Now she an ex and I'm a king. Frankly, that is a loss. Cold time and not to save her. I'm just following that. Under attack. I got this is under attack. The panic when they see me bang on my chest, I go gorilla. I spit fire, you will swear that I'm Godzilla. I'm so dope, the cops think I'm a drug dealer. My you know say you want I'm a fun and on them cold. Then the fun I want then to nigga wall and in bowler. It's a smooth cowl. This runs are worth a million if you feel me better holler. Y'all gonna have to pay me one time. Hey, y'all gonna have to pay me two times. Hey, fucking my guy, I'm This is worth a fortune, this is worth a bit. I am such a winner. How you stuck on breakfast time? This is dinner. Cares about load shedding, don't guarantee it's greener. Rolling blunts thinner, paint the city red, but you tell it and it thinners. Cause I'm up to my legacy, but they can't f with us now. She said, I'm on my airwaves, airplay all day, yeah, they stop with us. Hip hop nanga, Dino Kanda Hakata, couple screws loose, got hella drive, Dino Kakata, microphone killer, my beats are no talata. Storytelling flows that I spit, are no talata. Me and these other rappers are Timbo Fanana. If the show Fits no good champions and my shanana like hoo ha. Man, I was made for this. Shit. I am so good. I should get paid for this. Keep in mind, y'all gonna have to pay me. Ah, that's a jam right there. That's a jam. That's a jam. Jam, 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 jam. Mm. Then there's this uh there's this new song here over here by Bling Four and Volts JT that uh when I listened to it, I was like, damn, I'm actually, I actually like this. Alright. Uh check it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. You don't like it? Uh, I, I, I like Volt's verse. Right, check it out. I'm on the beat, Jay. Tembo Bizanao. Tembo Timba. Tembo Jao Shanda now. Tawaj Tastavano. 
Pasti bemba Na uta ustinya Arisha dere vakachisheza Tambo chinja matire zwingi Tambo switch Tambo mira kudipisa zwingi Tambo stick Tambo pinda ne moye Zozi uruku blik Saka chakati Foo Munarira afusukira level Kushi ngaina hiyo Jesu ngaora hiyo Buzi ngaiba hiyo Kajiripa up Ndopo no phone Havasti ngaida hiyo Kajiripa down Vano ustinya Havasti ngaja hiyo Ndosa kama zwano Ndaku mahinda business ramu no emotions and do that the weakness sound. We shall not target. Not all over we know one. So my gadgets, never all we know one. Yeah, she diggy diggy, hide me out with a base. Maria Shokaneri, who hide me out change. Emily, you are Kubara, she do me out change. Put a wooden bear, Tambo good Tambo Timber, Tambo Jabu Shana now, as well as Ram of Singer. The watch just about now. Whilst the Bamber, not our senior, I tell you about I love those bars, man. <laughs> I don't know, and I think this beat just like I don't know, it just sits well. It sits, it sits well with uh, with especially Vault's flow. Bling four of um, um, fire emoji fame. Um, yeah, look, that's uh, that's what I have, Phil. That's what I've got over here. Um, have you been following the cricket? Look at you, just shamelessly plugging. Sadly, no, I haven't had time. It's been a very busy week, Dan. After this call, I've got to finish uh, two proposals and a report. So, busy days ahead. Well, Zimbabwe is hosting the World Cup qualifiers uh, for multiple nations, including, um, apart from Zimbabwe, including the West Indies, United States, Netherlands, Oman, Scotland, Nepal. Um, It's actually quite a vibe over here in Zimbabwe for the cricket. Zimbabwe has been doing exceptionally well so far. Zimbabwe beat Nepal uh, resoundingly, followed by beating uh, the Netherlands. Um, It was a close game, but uh, yeah, it was quite interesting. Um, um, So yeah, Zimbabwe is doing so well, really well this weekend. It's Zimbabwe versus the West Indies, which of course is going to be a huge game. Um, Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm I'm not shamelessly plugging anything. I was genuinely interested in following it. There was there's a whole other story about if you've seen my post, there's a whole other story about that. What other story? What what happened? No, let me not talk about on this podcast. You know, but I'll tell you. It's just. I like watching the cricket. It's just the other stuff attached around is just like, come on, guys. But anyway, um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, Zimbabwe's been doing really well. So shout I, out to him. I, I, Apparently, I the, the place has been full as well. Harare Sports Club and Takashinga Cricket Club and all of that have been full. People have been going to watch the games. And it's like a dope atmosphere. And it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I'm, I'm actually quite sparked by the whole situation. I'm not necessarily a cricket fan, but it's been cool to see you know, all of it happening. 
Yeah, so shout out to Zimbabwe doing their thing. Uh, all the best against West Indies this weekend, you know? All the best, all the best. Uh, anything, Phil, that you want to share with our listeners before we get out of here? No, nothing much, man. Just, you know, love yourselves, love each other, be kind to each other, be, be patient. Times are tough, you know? Shout out to our listeners. Shout out to our Patreon group. Shout out to all the great discussions we're having there. Love you guys. Thank you for supporting us. If you too want to become a supporter of the podcast and enjoy some fringe benefits, like joining the group, maybe access to some events that Dan and I might be invited to. And, you know, just just one-on-one access with us, you know, just a one-on-one, a tete-a-tete, as the kids say. Um, please head on over to tubertrumbos.com forward slash donate or just check the, click the link in our bio. We'd really appreciate it. Um, and here's a funny, here's a little discussion point I want to I add to this and I'll also include it in the podcast notes. Um, then there was a raging discussion. I'm, I'm sure you heard it that, Certain people in our Patreon group prefer Nigerian Amapiano to the, the, the original. They prefer the Oros to the Mazoe. Mazoe. How dare you? And Even it, my wife understands the level of Mazoe versus Oros. So respect yourself. So I'd, I'd like to ask our listeners, you know, like if you, if you listen to the Yanos, do you prefer the Nigerian Yanos or the, the OG South African Yanos? No... Like, do you want to hear Mona Lisa or do you want to hear um... Yeah, 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 like some of the catchiness of some of those Nigerian songs. I mean, they, it's, it feels almost disrespectful to compare them, but anyway. No, but I, 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 did, I did find it funny because one of the reasons this discussion came up is obviously last week we discussed how um, Asake has technically become one of the biggest armor piano acts in the world, even though he's Nigerian and um, yeah. he, he has not really collaborated a lot with armor piano acts. And it was even more interesting um, to me and more hilarious to me when his fans started being upset because they were like, yo, all of Asake's songs have the same lead-in, which is the beat count um, and the tempo are the same, which is hilarious to me because that's the template for house music. So it's like when you swagger jack, but you don't take the time to educate your fans on, on, on what you are jacking. Well, I mean, you know, you wouldn't really edge. It's not like you'd tell them, hey, guys, this is how it's always going to be. You should know that. That's not, that's not no, but the the funny part is like it's, it's ultimately when you break it down, it's it's them saying to to each other, "I'm upset because this ama piano song starts off like an ama piano song." So it's it's people who don't really understand ama piano, and that's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. The thing is, people must enjoy. Mm. There's no rules to enjoyment. If you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, you don't like it, and that's okay. Indeed. Don't indeed. let anyone shame you for what you like or don't like, unless it's mm. Oros over Mazoe. Then exactly. you must be shamed. Exactly. So I think of that. I, Dan, oh, by the way, Dan, Dan, I know you don't listen to yep. it. I know you don't listen to it, but you've got to listen to the Killer Mike album. You know I'm a Killer Mike fan. I do like, no, no, I do like Killer Mike, actually. Have you, have you heard I, his new I haven't album? listened to him recently, but back in the day when no, I was really into Dan, like that. Have you listened to his new album? I will check it out. I have not. It is incredible. Back in the day, during my slaughterhouse days, and and you know, now super into Lupe Fiasco for a season. Mm, before a woman touched you, is what you're saying. Basically, before a woman touched yeah. you, <laughs> basically, yeah. 
<laughs> Killer Mike was a fave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I will check it out. I will check it out. No, no, it's 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 a it's a hit. It's a it's a damn hit. Man, I remember I remember bumping Yellow Wolf. People were like, what the heck? It's <laughs> that Yellow Wolf, yo. Anyway, yeah, all right, I'll check it out. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of your favorite podcast, Two Broke Twimbos. Like Phil said, you can support us by going through to uh, twobroketwimbos.com forward slash donate. We would very much greatly appreciate it. It helps us keep the podcast going because Lord knows we don't really get money from anywhere apart from you. So you mm. can sign up to be a Patreon subscriber. It's only five bucks a month. The benefits you get are you have direct access to us. We add you to a WhatsApp group. We have great discussions in there. If you love what you hear on this podcast, you'll love the discussions that we have in that WhatsApp group. Um, but also the, the real main benefit is just knowing that you're supporting your, your favorite podcast. So even if you don't want to be in the WhatsApp group, that's also okay. Uh, we appreciate that. I don't want to make it seem like it's a rule. Um, but yeah, we would appreciate it if you continue to show your support and show your love because it helps us keep going. It's not easy, like we've said, to keep doing this. So yeah, twobroketimbos.com forward slash donate. If you can't support us with money, shame on you, but we understand. It's, think, the times are tough. So you can, uh, you can support us in other ways. Share the podcast. Just retweet. Drop a comment. Write a tweet about something we spoke about. That's what you got to do. And drop a comment on, uh, uh, on any of the things that you're listening to. It really helps us a lot because then other people can find the podcast and hopefully that will help us to grow. Right. Yeah, yep. so uh, we're going to end the show with some new music. Um, no, no, I, I got a song from Lulun to Jay. It's called Ngakatele. Ooh, she dropped it a couple of weeks nice. back, but you know, um, I don't think it's getting the spins it deserves. So, hopefully, we get a little boost. You know, make support local. Very nice, very nice. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that's another episode in the bag. We're gonna catch you next week. Two broke twimbos doing their thing. We out. Love we out. <laughs> oh, by the way, keep your heads above water. Cartel of Tamomondo Cartel 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 of Tamomond, Sin Cartel of Tamomond, Cartel of Tamomondo Sin Cartel of Tamomond, the Cartel of Tamomondo Cartel Cartel. Talabantu Beshegi Sangentumusam, Namshanje Bashegi Sangaman, Bam Bang Sandang and Pella, Bemi Pambi, Bam Bangwazang and Gemba, my best and Fagwam, Bessenga Kala, Bessabati Tula, Tula Tula Sana, Yazela Quilanga, Maseli Fiagilang Ubung and Buya Pella, Uzo Sebatin Zenzi Sang and Pella, Seben Sangat Beben Sandang and Pella, Sebekaluka. Full of matte, Befunga, Beponsa, Imine Moyen, Besitu, Wichela, Sopela, Baba, Sumantla, Genela, Boba, Angazin, Gonen, Sencatelo, Tembo Mondo, Sencatelo, Tembo Mondo, Sencatelo, Tembo Mondo, Catella, Catella. Cartello of
Reality check, cockpit and this pretense. They yell at the lobby, no sweetie, they ain't. Well, maybe I'm way too naive. Maybe I'm way too trusting. Maybe I'm way too caring. It could be better my chance. Go bye bye, I see you. Good see, I'm all alone. All of my friends are false. All of my lovers are gone. The long I'm seeing cause in Zimalangela. Oh, na manja was ekobo. Oh, I'm only human. I trip and I fall when I trip and I hurt when I fall and I cry when I hurt. Oh, hey. Sing cartel of tambo mondo. Yeah. 